Is this fucking shit on? Alright, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, boom, we're live. What's up ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of the G-Maker MMA Show, episode 146. It is July 3rd, 2018. Happy late birthday to myself. July 2nd was my birthday, had a good time. I didn't really do too much of anything except, you know, the essentials, the party essentials, drinked, got fucked up, smoked a little bit, had some great cake, I went river rafting, it was fun, I, I went literally on this river, it was a big ass river, and, and you know how the river's always moving, it's not a river, it's kind of like a beautiful river stream, kind of similar to that, it's a river, and you know, there's a lot of families there, a lot of people were turning up their music. A lot of Mexican families, a lot of, uh, and a lot of, uh, people on the, on a lot of young kids on the, on the water too. So it was real beautiful. I mean, I feel like my back is most definitely sunburned from that. And, uh, my face is a little, slightly little, little bit darker than it normally would, would be. I mean, hence I'm already dark as it is, but you know, just a little bit more darker. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. It was pretty, it was pretty fun. Uh, like I said, 22 years young. And uh, still going, like, a lot of, like, serious ambition and a lot of, like, um, exciting things and, you know, plans and goals for this year. And a lot of things I look forward to uh, personally and, you know, just sharing with people the world as well as sharing with, you know, what like myself, like, you know, personal goals that I'm excited for, you know, when those goals come about. I feel more comfortable. I can actually sit, I can talk about them as I please and all that. But in the meantime, just, uh, just really excited, you know, another, another year, another great year to do all these, like do all the great things that you could ever want to do for me. I have a lot of things that are there, there is that I want to do and a lot of stuff. Like I said, 22 years young and, and still going, I probably have about like 40, 50 more years, but why not be fucking great in all, all 40 and 50 of those years? But anyways, guys, great podcast plan today. It is fight week, international fight week in Vegas. Um, we got the ultimate fighter finale, uh, Israel Asanya versus uh, Brad Tavares. He takes on his first main event. That should be good. Um, we got UFC 226 l- later on this, this week as well on Saturday. The super fight between Cormier and... Stipe Miocic, you know, International Fight Weeks is one of the most biggest, most overwhelming fight cards of the fucking year, usually. At least for me, because there's like, there was one point in time where there was like three fight nights all in one. And it was just a crazy ass experience. It was a crazy ass experience. I mean, it's, as a fan and as a podcaster, you know, as, as, as a, a really close follower of the sport, you try to process, you know, when there's fight nights, you think about who's fighting on it. You think about the matchups. You think about who's, what's going to happen. And when you have, like, three different fight nights, it's hard to put all the puzzle pieces in one one area. Like, who fought on this card, for example? Who's fighting on this card? What's the result? Which results am I going to pay, pay attention to? But that's the best part about it. That's one of my favorite parts about it. And it actually makes me excited about the fact that my birthday is July 2nd. And happy birthday to John Anik. It's July 3rd. Celebrating one year of him following me on social media, my favorite analyst. 
play-by-play play, play play commentator John Anik turns 40 today. So happy birthday to John Anik. And later this week, Ariel Helwani's birthday. The July babies are the fucking best. I'm telling you, man. It's like you look at how good I am. You look at how good John is. And you look at how good Ariel Helwani is. So all three of us have birthdays in early July. So happy birthday to them. And like I said, there's been a lot of crazy stuff happening this week, um, a little late on the podcast. I should have probably been here a little bit, maybe towards Friday of last week. You know, a lot of stuff's been happening. You know, last week has been really hectic for me from personal problems to um, some other things, but we've gotten those all squared away. That's the most important part. We live to fight another day. We live to not talk about this specific situation. I was originally going to talk about it, making a personalized podcast, but you know, that is a story for another day, and that is a story that I've talked about with my family and friends behind the scenes, and it's something I just feel that doesn't need to be really be open to the public. Most important thing is we're fucking back, ladies and gentlemen. We're back, got everything lined up, got a great show planned. UFC 226 is right around the corner. Legacy, history on the line for both fighters. So let's not waste any time and quickly get right into that. I mean, we talked about it last week, but UFC 226 features, you know, heavyweight greatness. You know, Daniel Cormier spent maybe half of his career, maybe more than half of his career at 205 pounds. He now moves up to heavyweight, looks to capture the heavyweight belt against the baddest man on the planet, reigning, defending UFC heavyweight champion, Stipe Miocic. That should be an excellent fight. You know, fight of the night, potential fight of the year candidate fight right there. I mean, Cormier is a light heavyweight champion. He's he's undefeated at heavyweight. I think he's 13-0 and 0 at heavyweight. He comes back. He drops down to 205 pounds because his friend Kane Velasquez, is, you know, is fighting and is a heavyweight champion. He doesn't want to fight him. Cormier has ultimate success down at 205 pounds. Becomes a light heavyweight champion. Obviously has a huge rivalry with John Jones. You know, Cormier had amazing fights with Gustafson. You know, amazing fights with uh, Ale- uh, Alexander Gustafson. Amazing fights with John Jones, even though he lost the second time, but it was originally turned to a no contest. Other than that, you know, Cormier has looked absolutely stunning. So history on the line for Cormier as he enters one of the biggest championship caliber fights of his entire career. He's fighting the best pound-for-pound pound heavyweight on the planet right now in the form of Stipe Miocic. You know, it's more pressure on the side of Cormier. I mean, if you want to arguably say that it's on the side of the champion Stipe Miocic, then you can say that. But, you know, Cormier is a light heavyweight champion. He loses to Stipe. He goes back down and he is still a champion. Stipe loses to Cormier. Cormier just took Stipe's belt and Cormier is still a light heavyweight champion and now has a chance to be the heavyweight champion. And, you know, with all these super fights happening and all these top contenders in the books, you know, you got Volkov. I mean, now you've got um, Curtis Blades. I mean, you still got Francis Ngannou. You got Derek Lewis, Alexander Volkov, like I said. Um, Junior Dos Santos now. That new guy he's fighting, Blakashi Ivanov. You know, the heavyweight division is slowly but surely coming together in mid-2018, but definitely still does need a little bit of work. You know, there is no solid number one contender at heavyweight. You know, there is a couple of options, a few guys that I feel definitely do have, you know, all of what it takes to be in some championship-level fights. But right now, currently, is just... I'm happy with the super fight. Like I said, there's so many questions going into what's going to happen after that. UFC just, uh, I mean, Ariel 
Hawani just confirmed via ESPN that the UFC is looking to book Alexander Gustafson versus Volkan No Time Ozdemir for UFC 227. If you guys didn't know, previously two times, Volkan Ozdemir was uh, slated to fight Shogun Huan two, 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 two times. First time, Volkan couldn't get uh, something something to do with visa issues. Second time around, the UFC just pulls him to fight Gustafson. And no, it's not for it's not for an interim title. I think it's just a regular fight. They're just regularly going. They're regularly fighting. It's a normal. Uh, I don't know if it's a three rounder or if it's five rounder or if it's a main event. But two twenty sevens in Los Angeles. I'm pretty sure. So, I think that's uh that's off the books. You know, no interim title shot. That that kind of opens up the door to really speculate on what could possibly be next for the champion, Daniel Cormier. Hint, if he does move to heavyweight, what is he going to do? Is he going to defend the heavyweight belt? Is he going to defend the light heavyweight belt? What's going to happen with that? Because now we have this, you know, potential. You know, if Gustafson was going to fight, I thought Gustafson was potentially going to be in an interim title fight. And he was that wasn't the case. He wasn't in the interim title fight. So what are they going to do next? A lot of interesting things. A lot of great things. You know, a lot of things on the line for the champion Daniel Cormier as well. You know, you know his whole career he's been perfect. You know, his only losses have been to John Jones. You know, if you argue, you want to look at it from an athletic point, uh, athletic point of view. Cormier would tell him himself that he lost to John Jones twice. So he lost to John Jones twice, and that's the only person he's ever lost to. So you know, look at how old Cormier is. He's nearing forty years old. He's been in the, the He's been an athlete all his life. He's he, he done it all. He was a heavyweight champion. He's undefeated at heavyweight. Landed the most significant strikes and, and you know, the most takedowns in strike force history. You know, he's, he's, he's held records. He's done all these amazing things. You know, he's one of the best fighters of all time. You know, number two pound for pound under John Jones. I mean, there's no lie. You can say whatever you want to say about John. Everything has to do with his drug tests and all the failures. But from our standpoint, John is the best right now. And he still is the best, regardless of what he has been through and what, what's going on. And um, other than that, like I said, history is on the line for Cormier. And I can't wait to see what happens. You know, this fight is super exciting. And these two badass motherfuckers getting in there and locking locking uh, um, horns for 25 minutes plus. I mean, he made an interesting prediction the other day. I think it was on... Um, it was on... I, th- I forgot whose podcast it was on. But he talked... I think it was on Ariel's. Ariel Hawani's first MMA show. So... Um, he was talking about this fight either can go down two ways. Stipe can knock him out early, but if it comes down to, you know, the distance, going for the championship level, you know, going through, going the full five rounds. Cormier has no problem going the full five rounds. We've seen it happen multiple times. So Cormier should have no problem doing that, and it should be uh, an excellent fight for him. You know, Stipe obviously definitely does have the hand squeeze, but we don't see, I mean, DC is just so fast and athletic. And quick, and his wrestling's top notch, and we just don't know how good Stipe's wrestling is compared to a guy like Daniel Cormier. But you know, Daniel Cormier is getting a lot older. He does have some mileage left. He does say he would like to squeeze two more fights in before retirement. You know, he is going to set to retire when he turns forty and stuff. So he definitely does have you know a couple more fights in. And if we could see some some super fights for for those last two fights, then that would be probably one of the best things for us as Cormier fans and mixed martial arts fans. So, like I said, great fights ahead of us. There's there's nothing more. I mean, this is an excellent fight. I mean, you got uh excellent fight card, excuse me. You got um, also in the Coleman event, we got one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet, Max Holloway, taking on Brian Ortega for, for the title. That's an excellent fight. You know, I've been watching Brian Ortega 
and I'm interested and I'm curious. You know, I haven't had a solid pick in my head. There is not a solid pick, you know, a solid, a solid uh, winner that I have in my head. You know, Max is as good as they come, but as the sport keeps evolving and as uh, as these fights start to get tougher and bigger and higher stakes and anything anything else that th- these fights have, there there's a lot of uh, um, there's a lot of things that can happen. And in this in this sport, we've seen this many times that. Things can fucking happen. I mean, it's hard to believe and it's hard to think that anybody can beat Max Holloway right now. But is there? There is. There has to be someone that's out there that can do that. There's someone for everyone. Is Brian Ortega the camp, the dynamite for Max? We don't know. We will see. Brian Ortega is huge for the weight class. I mean, his last victory over Frankie Edgar. I mean, being the only guy to knock out, you know, knock out and finish Frankie Edgar. If you look at Frankie Edgar's career, he's been hurt, he's been rocked, he's been wobbly, but have we ever seen him get knocked out? We have never seen that happen. Brian Ortega was able to do that. He did that with bad intentions. I mean, you look at all the guys that Frankie's fought, then all the close fights that Frankie's been in, and everything everything he's absorbed throughout his entire career, for him to get finished like that for his first time in his career, his potential Hall of Fame career. I mean, you look at the years of Frankie's, had in the sport and all the fantastic things that he's done, that makes the Brian Ortega victory more sweet. Makes it more sweeter than anyone that beat Frankie by split decision, by unanimous decision. You know, those victories that Jose Aldo had against Frankie and the victories Benson Henderson had against Frankie, you know, those are, you know, you can put them in the books and say, you know, you won, but, but in reality, it's like, you know, what Brian was able to do to Frankie has to, you know, out of anybody that has fought Frankie, that has got to be the biggest accomplishment for a fighter that has shared the cage with, with, uh, Brian. But, uh, definitely, he does have, definitely does have a chance. He's a young, he's a young, hungry guy. Both these guys are, um, not even 30 yet. They're like 26, 27. And they have like, they have so many years. Like I, I arguably, I want to say that, neither of these men are in their primes so it's gonna it's gonna definitely be a huge fight definitely gonna be something that we get to see it's definitely gonna be a gift it's definitely gonna be added you know when you look at the amazing fight in the main event between Cormier and Stipe you look at the co-main event you got Max Holloway versus uh Brian Ortega one of the best featherweight fights up until you know Aldo McGregor you know it's Aldo McGregor and now it would have been Frankie versus Max that fight didn't happen so now it's Max and uh Brian Ortega so we I can't wait for that one we got a great fight coming up there um a little bit of a shift in the card changes you know uh Mike Perry was originally supposed to fight Yancey Medeiros on that card that didn't happen Yancey got a cracked rib so he is not able to fight so, the UFC calls upon Paul the Irish Dragon Felder. Paul Felder. Paul Felder versus Mike Perry. What a fucking contest. That's a good fucking fight. Let me tell you that right now. That's a great fucking fight. Paul Felder can bring it. You know, Paul Paul was originally supposed to fight uh um I think Paul who was Paul supposed to fight? I think you I think I think Paul was going to fight James Vick. That's an also another thing. Paul was supposed to fight James Vick. James get, Vick gets pulled from the Paul fight and now he's going to be fighting Justin. So 
So now it's like a huge shift and change of fights and schedules and, and betting and all that stuff. So if you're if you're a better and you're betting and your fighters get pulled or something unfortunate happens, that's got to be a huge shit in your fucking water. Because cause for, for me, that, 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 that's got to be one of the most uh, hardest things to deal with. I mean, especially if, if there's like a, a, a horrible, like shitty split decision or something on, on one of the cards and – and you know that your fighter didn't lose, but you still have the losses on your betting. I just recently started betting. I'm four and zero so far on um, on some uh, fights for Bellator. I think it was Bellator two hundred one. Um, but I'm four and zero. I'm not going to tell you guys who I picked or anything like that. That's another story for a different day. But I'm four and zero, motherfuckers. Get ready. This betting shit's no joke. So I'm going to get back into that. But um, like I was saying, anyways. Um, we still, there's, there's still like some time to talk about it and stuff. I mean, we got internet, we got the ultimate fighter wrapping up. I mean, Israel Adesanya versus Brad Tavares. Brad Tavares is one of the seasoned veterans. I mean, he's fought real well, Romero. He's fought Robert Whitaker. Didn't beat Robert Whitaker. He's fought a lot of the best guys. I mean, he fought Nate, outclassed Nate Marquardt. You know, he has huge power in his hands. He's got it recently. I think I forgot who he fought in his last fight. Christoph Jotko. Yeah, I think it was Christoph Jocko, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. But he did finish him, and it was his first TKO finish in a long ass time. So, congrats to uh, Brad Tavares. He gets the job done. And now, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward to him fighting Israel Adesanya. And for people who really don't know or aren't too hyped on Israel's career, heavily is compared to. A middleweight version of John Jones. You know, he kind of looks a little similar to him. He has a strong, long, athletic build. Um, he's creative with his. He uses his long limbs, his long, his elbows, his his knees. You know, his nasty clinch work, nasty clinch striking. And it looks very similar. You know, he's a heavily credentialed kickboxer. He fought in Glory before he fought in the UFC. You know, he had a, a couple of good fights. First fight was a split decision. Loss, a win, and it's, I don't know. First fight was a, 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 a stoppage win for him. The second fight was a split decision. So, Marvin Vittori and Rob—I forgot his last name. Rob something. He's out of a guy out of ah, ah, a guy out of Australia. He fought and he uh, finished him. Kept taking him down. He kept shooting takedowns on him like there was no tomorrow. But yeah, Israel Asanya definitely is one of my uh, favorite upcoming rising contenders. Definitely will have his hands full against Brad Tavares and a new. Um, definitely will be, you know, a huge fight and a huge fight for International Fight Week. There is actually a a pool party hosted by Michelle Waterson, um, Joseph Benavides, and Megan Olivi. That that I think it's today or tomorrow, but I think it's July fourth through July seventh or something like that. I don't know. I can't see it. I forgot the date on it, but it was something the UFC is doing. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's keep it, let's keep the train rolling. Um, featured fight and UFC 226, I feel, you know, it has to be Pettis versus, uh, Chiesa. That's an interesting fight. I can't, I, I'm excited to see that fight. You know, like I said, Michael Chiesa is one of those scrappy dudes. He's one of those guys with, with a real good submission game. You know, huge pressure. He's a guy that does not quit. He's going to keep coming forward. He keeps coming forward. He, he He's a pressure fighter. He's going to pressure you. And I feel that, you know, successfully against Pettis, he just has to, you know, be, 
uh, use utilize the pressure that he's been able to utilize against his other opponents. I mean, using his his pressure, pressuring somebody that doesn't know how to respond to the pressure. I mean, I'm not saying that Pettis doesn't know how to respond to the pressure, but what we've seen, if we've seen guys back him up, we've seen guys put him. On on um on on his heels and you know not be so comfortable you know with guys that try to take him down you know guys that just had that physical edge over him like an Edson Barbosa you know he just outpointed him I mean Pettis is a nasty striker and he, he he's had some fantastic fights he was supposed to fight Kiesa before in New York that didn't happen due to the Conor McGregor incident. And, you know, his last fight with Poirier was excellent. It was an excellent, fun fight. It was a back-and-forth fight. It was a great fight. But, um, you know, unfortunately, he broke his rib in that fight and wasn't able to continue. So that warranted him out of that fight. Um, originally, he was one of the candidates to make weight to possibly be the guy to fight Habib because, you know, that when that whole fiasco crazy thing happened with Conor McGregor and all the – uh, Max not being able to fight Habib, you know, it turns out to be almost Paul Felder. Paul Felder gets told that he isn't ranked high enough. He gets pulled. Max gets pulled. And now final guy is Ally Quinta. Originally it was going to be Anthony Pettis. Who knows what the fuck happened. But anyways, now we got a great fight on hands. Anthony Pettis versus um. Michael Kiasa, Golkan Saki returns against Khalil Roundtree Jr. Honestly, that will be the that will be one of the toughest fights for Golkan Saki. I mean, he's a very experienced kickboxer, highly talented, but this is the octagon. This, that's the difference. The octagon's a lot different from from you know MMA. I mean, no, excuse me, sounded so shitty. That didn't even make any sense. What I was gonna say was the octagon is different from kickboxing. I mean, there's takedowns, there's clinch work, there's grappling, there's all all these other things that a lot of these guys haven't they, I mean I mean I'm not gonna say they haven't, but they haven't studied a lot of it outside of the cage. I mean the fact is he's a mixed martial artist. He's in the UFC now, so he gets the opportunity to show that he has evolved. I mean obviously he's one and one in his career, mixed martial arts career. But, you know, he, it's, it's, it's his chance to prove that he has all the skills to successfully make that transition. I mean, we've seen, it, we've seen it time in and time again. There's been so many guys that have made the jump from kickboxer to mixed martial artist. We've seen this happen multiple times. So it's nothing new. It just, it's just a difference. You just, you, you, if he's able to beat Roundtree Jr., then that really says everything. You, I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, we've seen people from different disciplines successfully make their, their, their turns, their, their, their turn to the UFC and turn to MMA. I mean, look at Aaron Pico. He did it. One of the, he's one of the uh, perfect prime examples of, of doing that. I mean, he came in there, he lost his first fight, came back, he knocked the guy out. And he's been knocking people out ever since. He's one of those highly touted prospects. One of those people that a lot of people have been talking about. So when you're talked about in the mixed martial arts world, that, that tunes in, that makes it, that makes it for you to have like one of the more, more promising careers. And if not, you will still have somewhat of hype because you know, those people like Paige Van Zandt, Sage Northcutt, um, Conor McGregor, obviously people are going to be talking about you for quite some time. So, you know, regardless of it, there's still, there will still some, be somewhat of a, of a hype around whomever that is. It, just, it doesn't matter. It just depends on who, honestly, who you really are. But anyways, 
a lot of like a lot of digressing, but um, anyways, we can keep it moving. Um, so I can't wait for that one. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm not. I'm a fan. I mean, his his fight, his first um, Gohan's first fight. I forgot what he fought. He fought a Brazilian dude, but um, I forgot the I got I forgot his name. But you know, he looked good. You know, he heard him. Um, that guy was on like, I think like a four or five losing streak or something. I don't know why in the fuck the UFC, I don't know if they plan on just keeping him or if he was a big name. I, the fact is I don't remember his name, so it's not a big name in my opinion, but Saki did look good, good against him and he has a tough guy against Khalil Roundtree Jr. He's, he's no walk in the park. That's for sure. I mean, have you really seen his takedown defense? Has you, have you really seen him fight Khalil Ranchi Jr. is a great wrestler, too, so have, it's going to be takedown city all day for him. So, um, I mean, that's only if he wants to, though. I mean, I, don't, I, I highly doubt that anybody's going to stand, sit there, and, and probably start to try to stand and trade. And, you know, like, I mean, it's MMA striking versus kickboxing, but we just don't, we don't really don't know what the hell is going to, we really just don't know what the hell is going to happen. That's one of the exciting parts about it. Um, who else is on the card? Let me look. I'm just going to give it a quick little look. But it's a fucking fantastic fight card, though. In Mike Perry, I, I'm, I still can't get over that. Mike Perry versus uh, Paul Felder. I'm so glad that Paul got an opportunity to fight. So we got, oh, my God, this one's having me fucking juicing my pants, ladies and gentlemen. But Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis. Um... Felder versus Perry, Uriah Hall versus Costa, Boraxinha, Rafael Sunsal versus Rob Font, um, I think Curtis Melinda versus Max Griffin, Daniel Hooker versus Gilbert Burns, Venata versus Close, and Moyle versus Whitmore. And, it, I mean, it's pretty solid, like, pretty solid. It's not as solid as the last one, but it was pretty fucking solid, though, that's for sure. So, it, it, a lot of interesting fights on there. Mainly just the main card. I mean, I mean, if you look at a lot of the prelim cards, they're great fucking fights too. I mean, uh, Rafael Asuncion versus Rob Rob Font's a fucking uh, nightmare for anybody. He's a fucking like freaking firecracker. His punches like fucking. He's uh, one of the hardest hitters at that weight class. You know, I've been following him for a long last long ass time. You know, he can fucking crack. And Paul Felder jumping up to one seventy, taking on the <laughs> always dangerous, very charismatic Mike Perry. It's a funny ass dude. I watch his Instagram stories, so he definitely is he's a pretty funny guy. Um Derek Lewis versus Francis Ngannou. It's heavyweight heavyweight chaos right there. Like that's like over four hundred pounds inside the octagon. That's that's one of the more exciting fights that we've been waiting for. I've I've been waiting for it because we've been talking about it for a long time since before Francis fought for the title. I mean, we're talking about it for the longest time. You know, this will be a fun fight. <laughs> black on black. You can say it say it's basically like that. Uh, Derek Lewis been saying Francis doesn't look the age that he is and he looks like he's fifty years old and how is he gonna have all the genetics that he has and all that and at his age and looks as good as he has. And uh, and then like Francis isn't too good or keen on the trash talk. He's kinda just straightforward, basically like saying like he has the advantages everywhere. Derek Lewis has called him an old man and <laughs> he's made a lot of funny jokes and a lot of uh, funny things about uh, talking about him and stuff. So, you know, this has been a fight that's been bubbling up for quite some time. So I, I really, I really, really can't wait to see that one. It's really going to show how Francis, I mean, Fran, I mean, if you look at Francis is like his previous fights, he's been, he's been knocking everyone out and like has been 
like one of the most talked about people. I mean, one of the most dangerous guys. I mean, look at I mean, you forever remember the time when he fought Alistair Overeem. He fought Alistair Overeem and he knocked him into like a third dimension. <laughs> he took him to the soul world. If you watch the Avengers, you know what I'm talking about. He took him right to the soul world. So that was fucking, uh, that was a crazy ass freaking, uh, I forgot. That was a crazy ass, um, Never mind. I was gonna say that's that was a crazy ass fucking movie though. By the way, but anyways, um, other than that, we got the main. We got the Ultimate Fighter. Um, Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series is officially going to be taking over the Ultimate Fighter. There will no longer be any more Ultimate Fighters after this. You know, the Ultimate Fighter is a big, huge part of the of the organization, of like the entire company and all that. And um, definitely is something that will forever be a part of the history. I mean, you look at all the Ultimate Fighter winners successfully becoming world champions, successfully successful analysts, play-by-play commentators. You look at Dominic Cruz. You look at uh, Daniel Cormier, Eves Edwards, Tyron Woodley, Rashad Evans. They've all made successful transitions from athletic careers to analyst careers you know obviously there's stu- still a couple of those fighters that are still acting michael bisping um i'm not, i mean I, I i went from saying ultimate fighter winners to analysts but you know there's been fighters that have been fantastic fighters and you know former champions that have made that jump to to being analysts and stuff which was having you know bisping is obviously one of the more notable ones Rashad evans uh two of the most some of the most respected guys in in all, in all the sports. So, you know, these guys won the Ultimate Fighter. I mean, if you look at if you checked out Dana's Tuesday Night Contender Series, there is some fucking finishers and some crazy ass fights on there. You know, arguably it's it's crazy to say this, but it's overall better than the Ultimate Fighter fights. You know, if you look at all the Ultimate Fighter fights, definitely are a lot more finishes and a lot of freaking chaotic finishes too so a lot of fucking massive finishes and a lot of things that um a lot of things like a lot of you know stars as well you know like sean o'malley he's one of them um and definitely i don't know just a lot of uh superstars on there coming from the um coming from the contender series and i swear to you like they're great fights too i mean looking at checking out all the highlights when they happen it's like good god these guys are fucking monsters and they're killing it they're killing on the contender series so that that's something that's going to be in the spot of the ultimate fighter um and i think that's that's all i have to say about that but anyways ladies and gentlemen let's let's, um keep it moving um this might be the final thing of today's episode we'll be back a little bit later on this week to uh you know it's like i said it's really just been a long time i mean it's there's been a lot like a lot of things <laughs> within like the last week or so that that that's have that has happened so it's kind of like it kind of didn't steer me away from a lot of the things i was doing like motivational wise but um definitely did uh not shake up the motivation, but definitely did. Uh, I definitely did have a lot of stuff to had to worry about last week, but definitely we got it through there. Um, wasn't as hard as I as I'm as. Uh, 
definitely could be worse than it, than it was, but definitely was so happy to get through that. But anyways, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out July 7th. Random, I know, but uh, it's going give to us, give us more insight on what could be possibly next. I st- I'm still thinking about that shit. Um, the whole, you know, the fact that he snapped Thanos, snapped his fingers and everyone's gone. And how are they going to get them back? And just the fact that he damaged shit so badly. He destroyed half of humanity. So you got to think like the Avengers, how are they going to get all that stuff back? You know, with the help of Captain Marvel and the rest of the Avengers that did survive. Thor, Rocket, Black Widow, uh, Iron Patriot. Um, uh, Nebula, Rocket, um Jira from uh, Black Panther. Black Panther faded. Spider-Man faded. Another exciting thing. Spider-Man um, Far From Home is going to – I think it was yesterday they started filming that. So that's going to be something to come out uh, in 2019. You know, if you guys remember, Spider-Man did die in Avengers. So in my head, I feel like this was probably before Infinity War. And you know how he said he was on a field trip with Tony Stark? Uh, well, he said he was on a field trip. In that part when Tony was like, kid, where'd you come from? He's like, I was on a field trip. So basically, I feel that this part will be either... There's no way it can be after Infinity War. Unless it comes about, um, comes out after the next part of Infinity War. And so Spider-Man somehow comes back and just decides to go back to his normal you know, crime-fighting ways outside of the Avengers. But I highly doubt that. So I feel that it's possibly before Infinity War. That's for sure. But... um. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. That's all we got today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, like I said, we'll be back uh, later this week for a brand new episode of Segments. That may, you know, if anything, if I feel like it within the next few days, I, I, I will talk about it. Whatever it is, I will talk about it. But um, like I said, thank you guys for joining us here on this episode. Like I said, it will be available now on um, – iHeartRadio, you can find it on iHeartRadio, find it on CastBox, any of your major podcast providers, it will be available available to you on, but more notably for me, and the easiest one for me, and probably the easiest one for you guys, since it's an app that's very well known, and it's one of the best music apps, podcast apps, and anything else, radio station apps that you can possibly get out there, iHeartRadio is the top one up there, so Jimmy Kirume Show on iHeartRadio, ladies and gentlemen, um, you guys can find me at G Meeker MMA on Instagram, G Meeker MMA on Twitter, Snapchat at G Meeker underscore MMA, and Facebook.com slash Gaby Baby123, Facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez. We will be back next week, ladies and gentlemen. G Meeker MMA out, baby. See you guys next week. <laughs>